So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who built our businesses from the ground up, who spend our own capital, who want to make a huge impact on this world while creating a great income? Those are the questions we will answer in this podcast. My name is David Asarno, and welcome to Get Naked in Business. I'm glad you're here. Now it's time to get naked. Welcome back to another episode of Get Naked in Business. This is David Asarno, and we're truly blessed here to have Drew Manning back on Get Naked in Business. Drew, welcome. Thanks for having me, and let's hope that you don't ask me to get naked physically right now because that would not be a good thing. <laughs> How about you and me both? I, I was uh, before we went live here. I was uh, revealing that I've got my COVID twenty going on. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty so, common thing. The quarantine fifteen, COVID twenty. Uh, there's a lot of names for it, but let's be honest. This year has been really hard for a lot of us, and I don't blame a lot of people for the amount of stress that people have been through to put on a few pounds. That's 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 how our bodies were designed in a way to take on that stress, but it, it manifests itself in a physical form sometimes. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting year. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up because I don't eat poorly. I don't, I hadn't worked out. And I, you know, one of the things that hit me originally was our revenues dropped almost 50% and I had to make that up somehow. And what I did is I poured it into 18 to 20 hour days. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. And, and, you know, right now we're blessed because, you know, made it all back up and then some. Mm. And, but still, you know, I made a commitment, you know, to start working out. But I want to ask you some questions because when we, you were actually my first guest on the podcast before we, oh. before we even launched it. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things we talked about when we were together in California um, is, how hard that emotional toll was on you. It wasn't just physical. And I'm watching your posts and it's almost like you're going through it all over again. And why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> it's a good question. So I learned so many valuable lessons from that first experience back in 2011. And I knew this, I, I knew doing it a second time would be way more impactful, way more powerful. I felt like this time around, I felt, I felt called to do it again because I'm such a different version of myself now, almost 10 years later, sure. I have way more I want to say this time around. So I knew doing it would bring attention. It would be engaging. It would be educational, inspirational for a lot of people. And I feel like I have a second chance to do that. But also, you know, you, you mentioned you're 52, I'm turning 40. And I feel like there's this, this mentality that when you get to that age, it's like, Oh, my hormones are change are changing. My metabolism's different. It's just not as easy and I hear that all the time. And so I was like, well, you know, it's 2020. A lot of people are at home consuming content online. Why not do it again a second time? Because back in 2011, social media wasn't what it is today. There was no Facebook Live. There's no Insta Stories. There was none of that. So not a lot of people followed it as it was happening. You know, most people like you had heard about it after the fact. And it's like, okay, I've seen a couple of videos, seen a couple of pictures. But to see it happen as it's happening, I think is really powerful. And so I wanted to do it a second time around, take all the stuff I learned from the first one, make it better, make it more impactful, more educational, more inspirational, and really have people engage with me as it's happening. And this time my message is to bring empathy to the fitness industry, which is an industry that lacks empathy. We've tried different diets. We've tried, you know, trying to get people skinny and have them have the perfect six pack. And we think that's what brings people happiness. 
Yeah. But, but I, I feel like that we're missing something here is the mental and emotional stuff that we're talking about. And I feel like, you know, what if we led with empathy first? And maybe this is something that's, that's um, just powerful enough to disrupt an industry that's been, you know, pretty much the same since, you know, the days of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, <laughs> like diets, exercise, muscle, getting skinny. It's the same thing repackaged. And I feel like maybe since 2020 is happening, it's time for change. It's time for a different approach. Yeah, by the way, it hasn't changed. I remember when I was a kid and I read, um, you know, Mad Magazine and things yeah. like that. And there was, uh, um, as I recall, there was um, little ads in the back and it showed a scrawny kid on the beach next to muscular. And it's like back then it was direct response marketing for you to get some, buy something to be mailed to your home to have a workout to gain all this muscle mass. And I remember when I was a kid seeing that thing yeah. so i think it's always been out there um but yeah. let me ask you a, a a question emotionally mentally how is it going through it the second time knowing that you've been through it before i, I kind of compared it in one of my latest social media posts to a pregnant woman that ha has been pregnant more than once you know you kind of forget how hard it is it's rewarding at the end you learned a lot you're like okay we have a kid out of this and then all that pain and hell you went through kind of fades away and you're like, oh, maybe I could have another kid. So I feel like this time around, it's like before it happened, I'm like, okay, I've done this before, I know what to do. But then now that I'm in it, I'm six weeks into my journey. If I've had those moments where I'm like, man, what was I thinking? Like, this is way harder <laughs> than I remember it being, even though I've been through it before. So that's kind of what I compare it to. But this time around, I will say, I am a little bit more prepared. I'm not nearly as, as obsessed as I used to be, because back then, my body image was my self-image. Like I was so obsessed with my body back then. I was so uncomfortable being overweight. This time around, I'm actually pretty comfortable going out public, being in social situations with my girlfriend, taking my shirt off at the pool. Like I'm kind of more embracing, you know, uh, more of a body positivity thing with this bigger body because I know this time around it's temporary. Back then I was freaking out. Like what if I'm stuck? What if I can't go back to having a six pack? This time around, I feel like I'm such a different person. I'm more self-aware. I've got a more, um, a better understanding on the mental and emotional spiritual side of all of this that's happening. And I feel like I can speak to that and really help people navigate through their own transformation better because of what I've learned. Now, one of the things I've noticed that you're doing a little bit differently is every week you've been doing a different type of diet. Yeah. What, why did, <laughs> and, and the interesting thing is as you're doing those diets, as I've watched, you know, your body weight goes up, even though you're on a diet that shouldn't be, you shouldn't be gaining weight yeah. on. So tell me why you're doing that. Well, as you know, David, I'm a big fan of the keto diet. I have my own keto book and sell keto yeah. programs. I see it all the time in the industry where people kind of gravitate, gravitate towards the path of least resistance. So what I mean by that is what's the easiest way to do this diet? Like, I don't want to think about it. Okay, keto is cutting out carbs. All right, butter, bacon, and cheese all day long. Keto donuts, keto cookies, keto ice cream, kind of just do those things. And like, ah, oh, you know what? Keto didn't really work out for me. I wonder why. And so vegan, vegetarian, paleo, same thing. There's all these convenient products that have been created for people that kind of gravitate towards that, that don't really do the research, that just jump in like, all right, I'm going to be vegan because I saw a documentary and it sounds cool. So no meat just animal products. And then, Oh, there's, I didn't know there's vegan donuts and vegan bread and vegan pizza. Like I'm just going to eat all this stuff, <laughs> you know, because it, it reminds me of the real thing. And I think people just make the mistake or make the assumption that if I'm doing X diet, I will automatically lose weight and I'll automatically become healthier. So I really want to bring awareness to how not to do these popular diets. And then on the flip side, when I lose the weight, 
educate people on, you know, if you're going to do these diets, here's the right way, the healthy way to do them. So what's your family thinking about all this? <laughs> so my daughters, this is another interesting dynamic is my family <laughs> dynamic is different. Back in 2011, I was married. I had two little kids, a newborn baby and a two-year-old. Now that my girls are nine and 11 and they're a lot more aware and, and conscious of what's going on. And so it's a struggle because they see me get to eat those foods that of course they want to eat. They want to eat cinnamon toast crunch versus broccoli. Like obviously. <laughs> so I have to battle with them every day of like, okay, here's, here's the food I'm eating, but here's why I'm doing it. They kind of understand, you know, what empathy is. They kind of understand why I'm doing this um, on purpose, but it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I think my girls find it entertaining. Now my girlfriend, that's another different dynamic that I have this time around she's struggled because she was like, Oh, I'm going to be so strict. Like I'm going to get super healthy while you do this. And every week, every time something like stress happens at work and she's like, man, those Oreos look really good. Um, and she'll sneak a few and I'm like, Hey, I know this is what you're doing. And she's like, it's just so hard. Like having this food in the house is harder than I thought it would be. So I think for her, it's been really interesting to find, okay, where her balance is. Cause obviously she wants to eat the food too, but she's also trying to be healthy so it's, it's, it's interesting. We're six weeks in, you know, she hasn't put on, you know, any sympathy weight, but she'll, she'll indulge with me from time to time. So that's gotta be hard. <laughs> it is. So sure. right now, I mean, we're having, uh, you know, a, a, an honest conversation. I, th I think mm -hmm. I, I don't remember if it was before we were started recording, but you know, I put on about 20 pounds. Yeah. Uh, I have started uh, working out three weeks ago and I just threw on my back. <laughs> I went to the chiropractor. Um, and, you know, I can tell you, I mean, w I did it once. I, I lost gain weight. And then when I hit 40, I lost it and got yeah. back in good shape. I'm finding, you know, at fifth, over 50 now that it is harder this, this time. And what advice would you give someone like me? Because it's not just me. I, I know a lot of, a lot of my friends and a lot of, uh, entrepreneurs like ourselves that have been secluded, that haven't been traveling, that may not have gone to the gym because gyms were closed. I mean, depending upon where you live or not going because you don't feel safe. What advice would you give someone right now? Because you're on the, on the going up stage um, yeah. where you're, you're putting on the weight. What, yeah. what advice would you give someone? By the way, and, and, and before you say that, that book that's over your right shoulder it's an oh, amazing yeah. <laughs> book. It's actually the, one of the highest quality books I've ever Thank seen um, produced. So anyone who wants to book, go, go get it. Seriously. That's good. That's a good plug. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a good place to start, but it's kind of similar to being an entrepreneur. Like, like you've, you've been very successful at making money in the past, but you know that those old ways of making money isn't, can't be applied over and over and over again. Here we are in 2020, those same principles, like you can approach, a business like you did in 2000 and, and a way you made money, you have to be open to new things. Same thing with diet. But the problem is that we're like, Oh yeah, this worked for me when I was 30 or when I was 40. And all I do is cut out carbs and I work out three days a week. And then I get the six pack. And usually that works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of the same principle. Like, all right, I got to adapt to the things that are changing. Like my, my testosterone is not as high. Um, you know, my hormones might be out of whack and there's might be some, you know, some things there that I may, might need to look into, whether it's, you know, a replacement uh, bioidentical hormones, or maybe the types of foods you're eating, maybe paleo works for you really well, and you haven't tried keto. So maybe keto is something new, or more of a plant-based keto approach, or um, different types of exercises that 
you know, your body just hasn't, hasn't done before. Um, and like, for example, three, three, four months ago, I did my first hundred miler. Now I'm not I saying you have to go right. run a, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> and what I'm saying is you don't have to go do something extreme like that. But for me, putting my body and my mind through something that I've never experienced before, I think put me on a whole nother level. You know, it carried over into my, my, my fitness as well. Obviously I burned a lot of calories and lost a lot of weight doing that. Um, but for me, I think it's being open to new things and new, new diets, new approaches, new workouts, new supplements, possibly that you've never tried before because what works for you or what worked for you in the past might not be working for you now that you're a little bit older. So that's all I would say. There's no magic pill like, Oh, just get the, this amount of protein and, and have your macros here and then do this, this workout and you'll look like me. I think it's very, you know, by individual. So be open to trying new things. What are the biggest questions or comments you're getting from people who are following you right now? Good question. You know, why are you doing this again? Uh, why are you doing this in the first place? And this is what I'm saying is like, not everyone heard about that first experiment I did. And yeah. I feel like nowadays it's like, you know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, like I'm putting everything out there so that people are aware of what's happening now as it's happening. And I think the biggest question is, is how is this affecting you mentally and emotionally? Because this is what I'm trying to bring awareness to. Just like you went through with during quarantine, the stress of mental, the mental, emotional, financial stress manifests itself in a physical form where you do put on weight. And I think some people don't really see that correlation. And my hope is to bring awareness to that. And so, you know, people ask how I'm doing mentally and emotionally, even for me, it's shocking. It's a surprise of how hard it is, even though I've done it before, it's been almost 10 years. And so I think the mental emotional aspect of it is the hardest part for people, the physical part, you know, you going to the gym three days a week, you eating healthy food, isn't the hard part. It's overcoming those mental emotional challenges that to be honest with you, require a lot more effort, more effort than pushing yourself through a 60 minute workout. Right. Um, and so that's what some people don't want to face. They want the easy way out. They want the, the magic pill, if you will, like, Hey, just take this supplement and then you'll have a six pack. Like if that existed, of course we'd all gravitate towards that. But it, just like entrepreneurship, it's not, there's no magic pill. <laughs> you have to be willing to do the work, you know? That's a really good point. Now, what do you do to quiet that voice inside your head? Because I'm sure that you've got that thing going, why am I doing this? Do I really want it? Now I've committed, so I've got to see it through. It's all out there. <laughs> and it's probably, if I wasn't putting it out there, you know, do, what am I doing? Yeah. How do you quiet that voice and create the certainty on why you're doing it? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I had to, before I even pulled the trigger on this, I had to be 100% sure. So that took a lot of meditation, um, ref reflection time, you know, where I would be out in nature a lot. I would go on a lot of hikes here in Utah and being alone, meditating on this really helped me 100% be certain that this was the right thing for me before I even pulled the trigger. And then those moments of like, there have been moments of freak out, like, um, where were we? We're in Arizona. You know, my girlfriend, she's beautiful. She's in good shape. And I was feeling a little bit down on myself. Cause I'm like, here I am this frumpy boyfriend with a big belly, big beer gut. And like, I just, I, I, I kind of had that moment of where uh, my body image became my self image. Right. I was kind of feeling sorry for myself, but then I've trained myself, uh, through years of, of like meditating and, uh, things like that to become the observer of my thoughts. And in those moments where I, I can feel my ego taking over, 
I've been able to observe what's happening. I could take a step back almost and observe the emotions that are coming up. And in those moments, I can observe my thoughts and my emotions and not attach myself. So that's a technique I've learned over the years of becoming the observer of your thoughts. It's really powerful because so many times as humans, we're so reactive because we're so attached to our emotions. We're so attached to our thoughts. We don't really take the time to reflect and find out you know, why we're triggered, what's triggering us, where does this stem from, where, is it, where do these emotions come from? And then in those moments where you're, when you're the observer, you can thoughtfully respond so much better and be more in control versus just being reactive. And the key to that, and I found that this is really hard, is when you're sleep deprived, when your hormones are off and you're taking a ton of caffeine or a ton of stimulants or Adderall to like stay focused, you're kind of in survival mode where your emotions are driving you, your emotions are controlling you instead of you being in control of your emotions. And I think a lot of humans live in that state of mind where they're never really observing, they're never really sitting back and, and observing their thoughts. They're so attached to their emotions that they just react, react, react. And after a while, you just become a robot in a sense. And it's, it's, it's learning how to get out of that survival mode and be in a, a thrival mode or thriving mode where you can actually make progress in this life. Do you have a process that you follow? Because this is really interesting for me. Yeah. This process observing your thoughts. Um, I'm curious, do, you, do you have a process you can share? Yeah. Uh, well, this is what, let me share what worked for me. Um, but like I said, this is years of practice. It's just like working out or exercising. Um, you know, and I think meditation is the base. So learning how to meditate, whether you believe in it or not, or whether you're, you know, a Christian or Muslim, it doesn't matter. One of my good friends, um, Pedram Shojai, he wrote a book called The Urban Monk. And in his book, he talks about how meditation makes you a better, whatever you are, a better Christian, a better Muslim, like it, meditation has to be the base. And um, for me, the, it, meditation is the base, but also being out in nature. And in those moments, it's more of like a, a moving meditation. So I'm just observing all of my thoughts, all of my emotions. And the way I compare it is to being or observing the clouds in the sky, right? Instead of attaching myself to the, those clouds, which are my emotions, they just, just watch them go by and let them pass. They will eventually pass and it'll, you know, that cloud will be gone. That emotion will be gone. Um, and then the other thing is journaling. So journaling, coupling that with meditation. So journal or meditate first and then journal. I think is really profound for a lot of people um, to kind of write down your thoughts, what you've processed, what you're learning during those meditation. Because similar to prayer, when people just pray and then go about their day and they don't receive any kind of answer or any kind of guidance, they're not really there to learn. And I think the reflection process is just as important as the praying process. So I think journaling coupled with meditation um, has, to be, has to be combined. And being out in nature as much as possible I think those three things are, are my process. You know, there's no less perfect formula as far as, you know, how many minutes a day, you know, how many days a week. It's, it's very individual, but I think incorporating those three things is really important. That's interesting. And by the way, we, where I live, I don't really have mountains near me. You have yeah. <laughs> some of the most beautiful, majestic scenery mm -hmm. right in your backyard. And within hours of you, you have, it, it's amazing. For me, yeah. I used to go hiking in the woods when I was a kid and just sit out there and think and people yeah. thought I was crazy, but maybe I, <laughs> uh, today I go down to the river and I just watch the water go by because yeah. it's, it's what, what I have. That's awesome. Um, what, what's the number one thing you hope to come away with? At, you know, you're, when December 27th is your birthday, if I recall, mm -hmm. 
Yes. And so when you turn 40 and then you go into the process in January of, you know, the next 90 days, four months, losing, mm-hmm. or releasing the weight, hopefully. Yes. Releasing, <laughs> yeah. letting it go. <laughs> Um, what, what's the number one takeaway that you hope happens because of this journey? Yeah, honestly, David, it's to disrupt the fitness industry. Um, and that's why I created my, my fit to fit to fit, uh, coaching program to bring on other coaches, to create a new breed of trainers that lead with empathy and understand the mental and emotional side of transformation. Cause I feel like this is the, the, the trainer or the coach of the future for the fitness industry that will be equipped more, more so on the mental and emotional side than just the physical side. Right now, you got great trainers out there that have all the knowledge of, uh, you know, how to manipulate one's body composition and how to move the body in proper form and how to fuel it with certain nutrition, but not a lot of understanding on the mental and emotional side and leading with empathy. And I feel like this is what I'm trying to create is a, a fit to fit, to fit certification to create a new breed of trainers underneath the fit to fit, to fit brand to create a movement and really disrupt the industry. And I feel like, like I said earlier, 2020 is a year of radical change. And I feel like this is the perfect timing for something like this. So that's my hope. Like, of course I wanna get back in shape, but that's not what this is about. I want as many people as possible to join me on this journey because there's power in doing this as a community, as a team. And so, yeah, that's my ultimate goal. Awesome. If, if anyone who's uh, listening or watching this would like to follow you on your journey, where should they go? Yeah, so my website is fit number two, fat number two forty, either four zero or f o r t y dot com, and um, you'll you'll be able to get notified on that website of everything that happens. But you can also follow me on social media, and my social media handles are all the same: fit number two, fat number two, fit on all of them across the board. You can if you Google fit to fat to fit, you'll find yeah. you out there. Yeah, it's um, almost impossible not to find. Yeah. <laughs> as i've gotten to know i mean you're you're a, an amazing human and you really Thank do you. care about people so one of the biggest things that i see out there and as you know i there's a lot of uh you know gurus in different spaces and mm-hmm. as you get to know them and you get to know them behind the curtain sometimes they're very different than they are in the front yeah. drew everyone is who he says he is and i know that he cares and so if you want to follow his, him on his journey, if you want to learn, go check him out at fit, fit to fat to 40. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I know I'll be following you and uh, I'll give you insights on how my journey is over the next 90 days. Is I yeah. Work on turning this around for me. <laughs> yeah. You, you keep me posted. I want you to be running circles around me come January. So you get a head start and I just recommend everyone do the, do the opposite of what I'm doing now through December 27th. <laughs> it's a sign called episode. Do the exactly. opposite. <laughs> <To> the opposite. <laughs> Oh, thanks, David. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Drew. See ya.